back at World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason for another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. They finished completely redoing the place, and it's fabulous. You ought to stop by and check it out. With me today is Dylan McGarrick, who 20 years ago founded Bad Man Records. Over the, that time, they've put out a whole lot of albums, including Starfucker, My Morning Jacket, and many, 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 many others. They're having a 20-year anniversary celebration at the Doug Fur Lounge on Saturday, June 30, featuring three Bad Man bands, The Builders and the Butchers, and Lannan and Tents. Dylan is also a recording engineer, among other things, and one of the partners in the Type Foundry Recording Studio. Did you think record labels were a thing of the past? Apparently not. What kind of person keeps a small record label alive? Well, let's find out. Dylan, uh, welcome to the cupping room here at World Cup Coffee and Tea, the newly, brand new, brand new World Cup Coffee and Tea, Northwest 18th and Gleason, where we have these things. Uh, you've, you didn't see this place before, Dylan. I've never been here before. It's beautiful. Goodness, they have just remodeled it and made it look nice. It looks great. Comfortable chairs out there. Mm. That's good. Yeah, Coffee's nice, good. Nice smell. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I love that fresh wood and paint smell. <laughs> Almost like a new car. Yeah. And they have matcha. Yeah. A lot of places don't have it. I don't even know what that is. It looks like pea soup. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> what like is it? it? It's a ground up, like a powdered green tea. Oh. And then this is the latte version, so milk. And huh. I don't know what else to put. Man. Some foam. It does. But, but I love pea soup. I love so, pea soup, too. So <laughs> it looks good. It, you know, it's kind <laughs> of filling. Piece, like little pieces of ham in it. <laughs> yes, I think I just got one. <laughs> Okay, well, look, um, Batman Records. Man, it's been you. It's amazing that somebody still has a record label <laughs> in in this era. It's amazing. How do you do it? Uh, it's surprising. I know I'm surprised by it yearly. You know that we uh-huh. can still keep it going. I think we've been blessed by a lot of great groups. We well, got that a, helps. We got a good catalog. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we still have a strong catalog, uh-huh. and, and we occasionally sign a new artist. You know. <laughs> Just try to keep it going. So this 20 years? 20 years this Man, year. what were you, 10? I was, you're very kind. <laughs> I was about 14. And I said, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 50. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, wow. Yeah, I would kind of work for record distributors here and there. Uh-huh. Um, got my start working for Universal Distribution, doing Geffen Records and Interscope uh-huh. at retail. A sales Interscope? Rep. Yeah, Interscope. Oh, man. <laughs> it was, I... There was a lot of good stuff coming out back then, yeah. you know? The, 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 the days of hip-hop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they signed... They, one of their first artists was Primus. Oh, yeah. Out of the Bay Area. Yeah. It was an Interscope yeah. artist. So you were, in, you were in the Bay Area at that time. Yeah, I was in the Bay Area at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, after, you know, I do this on the side, I started recording bands mm-hmm. and thinking I could release records just like my job, and slowly it started kind of working out. Wow. Then I'd get laid off, and then I'd do it full-time. Then I'd get hired by another distributor for a little while, part-time. Oh, laid off. Okay, I'm full-time bad man again. So was it something that you always wanted to do? I mean, to run a record label? Gosh, no. You know, I think I enjoyed promoting bands and Uh helping bands 
sell their records, record their records. Yeah. Um, local bands, usually this was San Francisco bands uh-huh. back uh, you know, in the late 90s. Uh-huh. Uh, I might help a band record a demo and then say, hey, you know, do you want me to put it out? I can get it on some listening stations or yeah. record stores. I can bring it to the local radio station for you. you know, people didn't know anything about distribution back yeah. then. So you, were, you, were you engineering at the time too? And I was engineering. Yeah, I would just record out of my house. You know, uh-huh. I taught myself on wow. four tracks and started really? getting bigger stuff. Four tracks? Yeah, four oh, track man. cassette. Yeah, no <laughs> Fostex. <laughs> And Tiak, Tascam, Tascam, yeah, yeah, baby, great, great stuff. Uh-huh. There's still some people recording on those. I'm sure these days and putting out records. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, Freddie uh, Trujillo, just did his last record on a little. I'm not. I wasn't supposed to tell anybody. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, Stolen Sweets, the band here in Portland, put out a '78 a few years ago. Oh, did they really? Yes. Nobody has a '78 wow. player. Yeah. Can, how do you play? They that? brought it out. To, they brought it out to KMHD, and luckily. Uh, the KMHD has great uh, turntables, and they play 78s. Wow. It may be the only place in town where they could hear their own I record. I would think so. I hope they didn't press too many of those. <laughs> no, I don't think they did. It was, I mean, they got, they got a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of publicity out of it, though. I bet they did. Yeah. And it would definitely get played for any where yeah. they had a 78 would yeah. play it. Yeah, they had where? nothing else nothing, new. No, some places <laughs> That's great. Kind of good marketing. Yeah. You've never put out a 78, have you? Never put out a 78. Yeah. How about cassettes? You put out cassettes um, early on? Never did cassettes never. either. Huh. And in fact, these days, you know, since cassettes are popular, popular again in yes. a sense I've had groups, why I'm not sure but. I don't know I've had Starfucker ask me a couple times uh-huh. hey you want to put out the records on cassette I'm just like <laughs> I, I'll license it to you if you want to do that I just don't really see putting all that ener- energy into selling you know 50 cassettes or whatever <laughs> but they're so small and portable they are you carry them in your pocket and, press and for, pocket for people who have cars from 1999 there you go. There you go. My last car had one. You know, it was CD player, and it had the cassette, and I loved it. I was like, I was finding my old cassettes in the basement and playing them, home recording, bands I was in. That was fun. I've got some stuff from old radio stuff that I've got on, on cassette, uh, and, and I, have a, I have a Sony TCD5M. Mm. The, the, that was the, the, the most rugged, portable cassette recorder ever. I think I remember those I, kind of, about this you size here. You could beat the shit like out of that thing. size. <laughs> no, it wasn't that big. No, it, no, it was small. It was oh, small. was it? Really? But you could beat the living shit out of that thing. Really? It was wonderful, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. You still got it? Got it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Still works too. Nice. A <laughs> couple, couple XLRs and, and it sounds fabulous. Oh, I bet. I mean, it was. I mean, other so than it's a professional quality. Other, other than a Nagra at that time. Remember Nagras? I do. They still have Nagras. They do. Really? They still have them around. Yeah, oh. I saw one recently <laughs> for sale. You know, I'm like, you're carrying those around. Yes, you know, you'll occasionally see filmmakers, you know, on documentaries, and like, you've got a Nagra. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you using that? A little reel to reel out know. in the desert. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Well, listen, before we go too far down a rabbit hole oh, here, yes, I... let's talk about the gig at, at, uh, uh, at um, uh, Doug Fur. Yes. The 20th yes. anniversary. 20th anniversary of Bad Man, Man Recording Company. Wow. Yes. So, let's hear about it. Who's, well, who, who you okay. got? Well, we've got uh, the Builders and the Butchers yep. headlining. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a band that we've put out three records from. I've mm-hmm. recorded two of them. And uh, great live band. Mm-hmm. Great songwriters. Really, really Headliners that you want to see. Um, N. Lannon, 
Yes. Uh, full band. I know what N stands for. Oh, you do? Niles. Yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> nice. He put out one record under the name Niles Lannon and then went back to N Lannon. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's a little, <laughs> little trickier. And it's a full band, so, uh-huh. you know, you need yeah. kind of a band name, I think. Um, they're going to be in the middle. They're great. And they're out of the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. We've put out uh, three records from them. They're kind of uh, psychedelic, aren't they? Kind of kind of psychedelic, electronic, acoustic, uh-huh. Yeah, at least at times. Kind of mix those three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Unique, <laughs> you know, but catchy. Um, and then uh, we've got our most recent signing, Tents, mm-hmm. playing. Let me ask you something. Yes. Why is it all caps? I think uh, they're trying to be tricky. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to, you know, you do a Google search for tents, and yeah. you can imagine what comes up, you know. Right. Good luck finding a band named Tents. <laughs> and they figured, hey, we'll capitalize it, then you'll find us. They're not trying to shout. <laughs> no, they're not, not shouting, like, you're right. It's not like when Trump has all, all caps. No, no. Yeah, that's true. You know, I should ask them that, though, because I just, I'm assuming the other. Tents! <laughs> yeah, Tents! Why do they call themselves Tents? That's you know? a that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that, but okay. I know that the their backyard and studio in their backyard all set up is a big part of their life and I think they're big outdoors people as well, so they might have come out of that. Huh. Did you start out in, on the on the record label side or engineering side? Uh let's see. I started out on the playing a musician side. I was uh-huh. playing playing in bands from about Maybe 15 years old on. Really? What'd you play back then? I was playing bass. Really? Back then. Yep. What kind of songs? Uh, rock stuff, for sure. Covers? Uh, started with covers. Like what? Oh, doing some ACDC, doing some Back in Black era <laughs> stuff. Judas Priest, Breaking the Law, <laughs> you know, some Scorpions. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was living in Albuquerque, so, you know, I was oh. really influenced by the rock uh-huh. sounds of uh-huh. the radio there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then slowly got into, like, The Cure, The Cult, you know. Right. That, that stuff, uh, Sisters of Mercy, that, that's when my life really changed, you know, becoming more of a later teen and going to college. And those sounds uh-huh. affected the kind of bands I wanted to be, on, be uh-huh. in. And Still kind playing of bass? I've switched to drums in recent years. Whoa. Yeah, uh, because I uh, met back up with an old bandmate of mine we had met in Hawaii. Uh-huh. And we were, I was playing bass back then, but he ended up moving here 10 years ago. I think I moved here 12 years ago, and we started playing again. So he's a guitar player. We could do a two-piece thing if I played drums, so uh-huh. that's, that's how that ended up happening. Huh. Yeah. So we're a group called Ina Heine. What is it? Ina Heine. <laughs> Spell that. <laughs> it's A-I-N-A-H-A-I. I N A, and it's a town in Hawaii, you know, oh, uh, just outside okay. Honolulu. We're like, you know, hey, really being original, no one will ever know that name, yes. remember that name, or pronounce that name correctly. So we're we're not really great at marketing. <laughs> I can market other people's stuff. Yes, not my own. Has it been a difficult marketing, Starfucker? Gosh, I tell you, that baby, that first record almost marketed itself. You know, Just because of the name? The name yeah. drew people in. Yeah. Then the music was there to back it up. Uh-huh. Great bedroom pop songs. Yeah. Um, I came up with this campaign where we basically decided to launch it to a bunch of blogs before we even said they were signed. Just uh-huh. kind of like, hey, check this band out. Look, you know, people would see the name, they'd want to listen. 
Then months later, we announced, hey, Badman's putting this record out. Here's the full thing. Uh-huh. And it took off. You know, it's our, it's our best-selling record, uh, the, yeah. the first Starfucker record. Huh. Yeah. Did you spell it out? In the first for the first record, we, it was spelled out I thought, I for the so. first yeah. two records, <laughs> and I think on the third one, they decided that it was hurting them. You know, yeah. they they had lost some tours because of the name, uh-huh. um, and they decided they'd switch to Pyramid. <laughs> Just change the name. That's a big mistake. Yeah, and it was like pyramid with three D's on the end or something. It was. Uh, eventually, they uh, just took the the vowels out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's all caps. And it's all caps because they're <laughs> these guys are yelling. <laughs> what is it with bands with all caps? And, I don't know. And your label? You, I don't know. They, I've seen other uh, some other bands do it, so I don't uh-huh. think it's just us, but it's yeah. mostly us driving the uh-huh. full cap thing. Uh-huh. What's the, what's the, what's the status of Starfucker these days? Starfucker uh, is about to start a tour um, celebrating the tenth <laughs> anniversary, like yeah. a lot of bands are doing now. They celebrate yeah. their debut album that I yeah. had recorded and mixed with, with Josh Hodges. Um, so our first record with them, they're going out and they're doing a massive tour starting in September. Uh, I think they've probably are up to about five records they've put out now. Wow. So they're doing great. Uh-huh. They've played China, Japan. Yeah. Lots of festivals. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're very successful. Yeah. Why Bad Man? <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, many years ago, uh, especially when I was drinking. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I'd like to do funny stuff or kind of crazy stuff. And people would hey, oh, I you? want to. I want to see the bad man come out. Oh, you know, here's, no. a bo- here's a bottle of whiskey for your birthday. Oh, <laughs> and the bad man would, you know, roll around in some fire or something and it would, with a thick jacket on at the, at the beach, a bonfire. So, you know, that might be one thing. So, yeah, that's sort of stuck, you know. Like, oh, I'll call bad man. People like call me that sometimes. Close, only close friends. Ones <laughs> who really know you. <laughs> that's funny. So what, what happened to the bad man? So, what, so what, what happened to the bad man? What, well, you know, the bad man still comes out at times, yes. but we try to keep him inside the house as much as possible. So only the family has to deal with him. So is, is, um, uh, how much of your time is devoted to the recording studio these days? The studio I'm kind of doing, I'd say maybe three or, three or four records a year, uh-huh. um, recording or mixing them or both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not a ton of time, but more than I used to. I have a four-year-old, uh, oh. a seven-year-old, and a 12-year-old. So oh, now that the four-year-old's a little, little bigger than the seven, yeah. too, yeah. for that matter, um, I can get out a lot more uh-huh. and do that. I felt uh-huh. like uh, running the label out of my house and out of my uh, backyard office, uh-huh. um, I was just around a lot. So yeah. I wouldn't be recording as much. kind of took over the parenting duties a lot, quite a bit. Uh-huh. But uh, Type Foundry still... Pumping, isn't it? Type Foundry is also celebrating 20 years. Oh, man. I know. It's yeah. amazing. And, uh, you know, we've done so many great records there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you you one of the owners, right? Yes. Are you the owner? Uh, I'm one of three. Three. Or three okay. There's three partners. Gotcha. gotcha. I see this picture here on your on the website. And it's got a big old tape. <laughs> yeah. That's the big old two That's inch. our two inch. You know that's that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that still gets used all the time. Really? Yep. Wow. People use it a lot. In fact, huh. we had uh, uh, Peter Buck from uh, REM. He records at our studio, mm-hmm. and he'll only record a tape 
only mix through the board and only the quarter-inch tape machine. No computer involved. The computer's turned off while he's in the Why studio. Why He just wants that all analog thing. Uh-huh. He doesn't want to mess with the computer at all. Uh-huh. I think he just likes the idea of it being raw and real, and it yeah. truly is. Yeah, people go to Billy Oski's studio for the same reason. Oh, do they? You know, the big red? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's supposed to be a great studio. It is a great studio. And, and, and he's, he's got that board in there that uh, Santana, forget from, from L.A., oh, that Santana really? recorded on. And wow. Aretha and people like that. Oh, you know, that must so. be fantastic. Yeah. That almost burned down last year. It was, I'd heard fires, that. Fires came close to it. Wow. Yeah. But uh, so... Um, for your own stuff, what, what, do you prefer digital or, 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 or since you've got that beautiful two-inch sitting there? Yeah. You, you know, we recorded a couple songs at the studio with mm-hmm. my studio mate, Adam Selzer, recording. Um, and we did those to two-inch and then put them in the computer. Yeah. Uh, but we found that because we aren't playing together very often, both being dads and running businesses or yeah. working for other people, yeah. that we just uh, enjoyed recording in the basement of my house. <laughs> and I got all this vintage gear, uh-huh. so we just did it digitally there. Then we could uh-huh. do as many takes and fix things as much as we needed to. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you're not well rehearsed, you can't... <laughs> <laughs> You can't do it as well. You can still do it because people really rely on the computer now. You yeah. wouldn't believe how much I have yeah. bands relying on the computer for me to fix everything they're doing uh, these days. It's really changed over the last decade. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What do you think is better? Well, I think it depends on the project. Yeah. You know, if it's something that you know you're going to really need to get your hands on and manipulate, mm-hmm. do a lot of pitch correction, editing, mm-hmm. I would just go, just go for the computer. Don't waste, mm-hmm. don't waste the, the time, extra money for the tape, too. Right. The tape's really expensive. Yeah. Does it sometimes depend on the level of uh, capability of the bands? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There was one band I, I brought in years ago, and I was excited for them to record to the two-inch machine. They had been practicing to a click. I felt like, okay, their timing's going to be good. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have to fix a lot of stuff. And we ended up going to two-inch, and they just w- weren't really comfortable with uh, their, their takes, and we, we put days into it, and it just didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. So after that, I just kind of decided that if a band was rehearsed well enough and if they wanted to do it, we'd go to two-inch, you know, yeah. and enjoy that sound that that provides. A little creamier sounding, I think. Yeah. But yeah. for the most part, you know, I'm running all analog, mostly tube gear. Really? And nice old mics with nice. some of them with tubes in them. And I'm like, I, uh-huh. I got my analog here. Let's just go into the computer. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So, um... Do you get to you get to play out very much at all? Uh, I haven't in years now. Really? Yeah. We, my, my buddy and I, you know, we started working on a, a follow-up record to our first DP. Mm-hmm. And back then, that was 2013, we were playing out a lot, you know, Doug Fur, And we had, we had some, a couple of nice mm-hmm. gigs. But these days, it just we just got too busy. We have barely, we still have uh, to mix our seven songs that we've recorded over the last five years, you know, so it's been tough. You brought a piece of vinyl here. Yes. Tell me about this. That's Mark Koslick. That was mm-hmm. uh, probably the first popular, great-selling record that we put out huh. on the label back in 2000. That came out in 2000 originally. 15. Yeah, we put it on vinyl for the first time in 2015. 2015. Gotcha. 
It was a CD and uh-huh. probably download way back when. Yeah. Um, and that's done well for us. And then we did a follow-up record t- together, Mark Kozak, who's uh, also Sun Kill Moon, and he was Red House Painters at one time. <laughs> um, that uh, is all ACDC covers. Him really? completely... <laughs> Deconstructing ACDC songs. Yeah. Bon Scott era only. Really? <laughs> yeah. He would only do Bon Scott. Yep. And, he's, and they're fantastic. <laughs> um, so, t- uh, so, so tell us about what you've got in the pipeline coming up. Well, we've got this new record that is right in front of you there um, from the Innocence Mission. This is uh, primarily a husband and wife team from Lancaster or Lancaster 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 I'm from the I'm from Baltimore oh are you so I know how to say Lancaster nice nice great great and I know us potato chips from Hanover <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, yeah these guys it's our uh, fifth record with them mm-hmm. uh, we hadn't done a, a record in about eight years together but they're back it's nice to have some, uh, somebody come back to the label um People love these guys. It's a pretty know. package. It's really nice. Yes. Karen Paris uh, did uh-huh. all the artwork. She's the uh-huh. singer, primary songwriter. And, uh, yeah, she does great stuff. She's made animated videos that look like that as well, where really? it looks like it's watercolors. and huh. um, That's already off to a great start. It comes out Friday, but we've done a lot of pre-sales through the website. We've got a Coke bottle green vinyl as well Ooh. for that, and it's just lovely. Nice. Yes. Nice. That must be fun, to, to, you know, uh, picking out the different kinds of vinyl. It is. It is. And I generally get to, I didn't in this case, but I generally get to experiment with the colors. You know, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. hey, Starfuckers, uh, we're, we're at, we ran out of the debut. We're about to run out. Let's do another thousand of a different color scheme. <laughs> you know, and uh, should we do splatter? Or should we do yeah. haze or, yeah. you know, black and white or, you know. So we've had a lot of fun with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then folks will buy it again, too, you know, collect, oh. collectors. <laughs> so you can't, what? Who said that? I wouldn't be doing it for that reason. Of course not. Of course not. You'd never do a thing like that. Just to, to sell, just to mm. sell records? Yeah. In this case, you're actually selling records. We're actually selling records. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> There's actually some vinyl on the table. <laughs> but, you know, we can't do vinyl for every release. Yeah. Because some folks, you know, basically the minimum is about 500 uh, mm-hmm. That you're, that you're going to manufacture. So if, if they're not going to be able to sell most of that over whatever, a 10-year period even, yeah. it's yeah. just not really worth it. There's not, yeah. uh, they're very expensive. They get damaged very easily. Mm-hmm. So you end up losing a lot of your stock just in having it shipped to you from the manufacturer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's kind of a tough one, yeah. but uh, they're beautiful. So how come you're still in business? The record labels aren't supposed to be in business anymore. It's supposed to be a thing of the past. What's going on here? I don't know. I don't know how it keeps going. They keep pulling me back in. Um, yeah, it's crazy that it's going. You know, I, I've tried some other things over the years, and I just kept coming back to this. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, they're still selling. We, uh, it, it, like each year, the numbers are about the same. So uh-huh. I'm not. We're not seeing a great dive. We're seeing a, a big dive in the physical sales. Uh, yes, they're they're dropping yeah. quite rapidly. Even yeah. even the LPs are, um, mm. for yeah. us at least. Uh, you know, they're still selling through, but it's it's not 
taking over for the CD. You know, it's not right. the CD. And we still are seeing CD sales. As you see, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the Innocence Mission in front of you. Yeah. Um, we have folks that are buying the CD for them and the LP. Huh. Some folks want to buy both, even though the LP comes with a download card, you know? Wow. Some folks, it just, it kind of depends on the audience. The builders and the butchers are the same way. They still sell CDs and they'll sell vinyl. Well, who, who's buying these? You know, I think it's the demographics, you mm-hmm. know, of, of a, su- you know, a super fan of the band uh-huh. may still get the CD, yeah. you know, and yeah. if they've got a turntable, they're definitely getting the vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Innocence Mission, you know, it's a bit of an older crowd, and I think that age range, perhaps, a lot of them still are doing CDs. Mm-hmm. You know, they maybe have players mm-hmm. in their cars, and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm surprised they're still selling, but... You know, in some cases they are. And other, for other bands like Starfucker, you know, CDs don't sell very much. Uh-huh. It's mostly downloads mm-hmm. and then vinyl. Huh. Yeah. Downloads first, vinyl mm-hmm. second, and mm-hmm. then CDs. Yep. Wow. And I think there's something about their, the age group of their audience yeah. generally being a little younger, especially when they were first starting out. And the instant gratification. Right. You know, boom, I can get it right now. I yeah. love this band. I just heard it. Boom. Now. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think that tends to fit a younger generation, hmm. or myself as well. I'm constantly, <laughs> constantly shopping Amazon. Oh, I'm, I know I need something. Let me. You're not impatient, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't? You don't seem impatient, actually. You seem, oh, you seem yeah, nice right. and settled. You get a great energy. Yeah, I'm not impatient, not at all. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, um. You're not going to play at the, at the, at the show, are you? No, I thought that'd be a little funny, you know. Oh, and here, you know, it'll oh. look like I put it together for myself. Oh, I'm going to open up for everybody, you know, or something. <laughs> well, you should. Well, you know, I did some you of that. You have a band. It's your well, label. It's, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather push the other guys than, than my own thing, well, you know. People might be, you, you have fans, don't you? I think we've got a few. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We'd probably make some new ones if we played. Could be. I blew it. <laughs> Tom, I blew it. Should have gotten the band back together. But you'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, to sign autographs. Right. <laughs> you know, we are giving out, uh, in lieu of autographs, we're giving out bad man uh, swag bags. Ah. So there'll be, for the first 75 people, uh, mm-hmm. there'll be LPs, CDs, fill in these bags. They're already uh-huh. made up. There'll uh-huh. be a variety of our artists in the bags. And, yeah. And uh, so, first 75 that show up get one of these things. Wow. So. And uh, all that information will be on the page. Yeah. Here. Yeah, it's on the Doug Fur page. It's, it's on, on our, our Facebook page. page. Oh, that'll it's be on, on your this page. page. This page. That you're listening to right now. Oh, ladies and super ladies, support. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> super support. Wow. So, appreciate can it. You, can you generalize about what kind of bands you're looking for to, to be on your label? Wow, that's a great question. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I would say, you know, I've got to like the sound. It can be electronic. It could be acoustic, mm-hmm. whatever, rock. As long as I'm into that vocalist, feel mm-hmm. that they've got good songs here, mm-hmm. uh, a, a cool sound, you know, something about that's just grabbing me, and that they're good people, you know, good, good vibe people. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been real lucky over the years to mostly have those kinds of people on the label. Uh-huh. Um, we've had to let some bands go because they weren't quite as, you know, easy to work with as we all had hoped for. Musicians? No. 
know, how can that be? You know, this new group, Tents, you know, they're just yeah. wonderful people, very appreciative, uh-huh. great to work with. You know, it's, it's, that's what we like. They're, they're a great example of the kind of quality artist you want to work with. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel lucky. How, how much input do you have during the recording process? It depends. Certain bands uh, will really come to me and say, what's your opinion on this? Do you like this song? Or I'll be recording it. So a group like Lovers, that record you have there, Dark Light, I mean, Mm -hmm. I co-produced it, so I was all over that thing. Ah. Tons of influence. Uh, Mm -hmm. Luckily, they were open to it. Um, You know, hey, let's try harmonies. Hey, what about song order? Mm -hmm. What about, can we do this with the drums? Would, Would you try this? You know, maybe that song doesn't fit on this record you know sometimes conversations go like that you know like you've got 11 and it seems a little long and that one song you know for me you know sticking out what do uh-huh. you think they'll ask me you know what do you think of this title I'm like tense what do you think of this title or that title i'm like oh i like that that title yeah okay you yeah. know so uh-huh. some stuff they listen to some stuff they you know they've got to make the ultimate decision and there's right. they have the ultimate say right um I, I, what about the the traditionally rebellious musicians? I mean, they they, they see a guy like you, who's not a, not a kid. <laughs> I'm seventy five. But you, but but who who deserves respect? But they know it all because they're twenty one years old and they they, right. they have all the answers. Right. What right. Do you, what do you, do you run across that, or how do you deal yeah. with that? Yeah, I do run across that. Yeah. Um, I don't work with too many of those kinds of artists. Because so it's got to be teamwork, you know? Yeah. we got to all be... But uh, I think, you know, you never know what's going to work in yeah. a music business. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. You just don't. A song could get on a TV show and suddenly the band is, right. is known. Right. And it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, or you try all the usual marketing things you're doing, plus social media and the uh-huh. band tours, and, you know, they're not happy or we sell a hundred or just yeah. doesn't seem, it seems like we, yeah. what happened, you know? Yeah. So, uh, who knows? You got to take everybody's word into consideration and ideas and just yeah. try them out. Kick yeah. them around. Yeah. Yeah. I have always, uh, uh, believed that you're never too old to have a hit. I like that. You are never too old to have a hit, you know? Yeah. I mean, not old, but t- take a band like Portugal, the man. Yeah. I mean, that song's in Cadillac commercials. It's that amazing. song is in Copper Tone commercials. I've seen them. It's amazing. I and I like that song from the first listen. Well, I was like, everybody boy, these guys I, I, hit I, something here, you know? I DJ uh, at Joe Bar on Saturday nights. Oh, nice. And, but I mostly play the, the soul and funk that I play on the radio, right? Except, Great. Except usually once a night, I'll stick that song on and everybody perks up. Do they? It's amazing. It's just, I, it just, you is. know? It's yeah. amazing. I'm amazed they, they won a Grammy for it. I'm like, how did I know. That I know. made it all the way across the board for everyone. Yeah. And I've, that was quick, too. I have no idea what it's about. I've looked at I, I, I don't either. I, I checked out the <laughs> lyrics online. I still don't know what it's about. Some of the best songs are like that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah, you're um, right. You're right. A lot of bands can come, have been around for a long time, and then suddenly. Yeah. yeah. You know, usually they're building. You see the build, the build, the build, the build. They're getting more right. and more fans, and then all yeah. of a sudden it's time. Yeah. And they've got the right song at the right time, the right support. Yeah. And it happens. It can happen to you again. <laughs> I wonder. One of these bands. I know? wonder. 
Well, I felt lucky when we got Starfucker because that was a real change in sound for the label. Yeah. We were doing a lot of kind of slower rock uh, uh-huh. Americana stuff uh-huh. around 2005, 2007, uh-huh. and then 2008. You know, here's this group I saw yeah. play at the North by Northwest or whatever we used to call North it. North by Northwest. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I used to love that. I did too. Yeah. Oh, that was a. Great, Remember when Rubberneck uh, uh, during North by Northwest and Rubberneck um, uh, rented the Crystal and they weren't part of the festival? No, but everybody I, thought I, that I, was, I didn't yeah, know that. Those guys. <laughs> That's a great thing. Those guys were great. Good marketing. Yeah. <laughs> More good marketing. But yeah, seeing a group like that, Starfucker, yeah. and just, you know, hey, I love these guys. It's a different sound than yeah. what we've done, but I love this stuff. And mm-hmm. Josh wanted to work together, and so, boom. And then, hey, it's, like I said, it's our bestseller. So yeah. you never know when it's going to happen again or happen right. for the first time, you know. What are you going to do? Yeah. Keep just, on. Keep going. Because you love doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. It's, it's been good. You know, there have been times when I've been a little bummed that artists aren't as, uh, you know, getting what they thought they would out of it. You know, I think some bands feel like they signed to a label. Suddenly, right. boom, we're going to jump up. We're going to be on Pitchfork and we're going to have this and that and yeah. be doing national tours. And, and it could be a slow ride. You know, people got to stick to it and things don't always happen just because you're on a label now. So no. there have been times when I've kind of wanted to do something else you know right like these people feel a little disappointed and i don't yeah. want them to feel that way well you know, you know welcome welcome to reality <laughs> exactly. you know Jeez. this is life <laughs> <laughs> then i got children and i yeah. lost all those feelings yeah <laughs> well listen thanks for coming in i really appreciate it i hope you have a great crowd on on, on was it friday or saturday it's saturday, saturday night yeah, saturday night uh, June thirtieth at uh, June at Doug Fur at Doug Fur and, uh, starting at uh, nine o'clock. Yeah. The band first band goes on tents. Yeah, and all the uh, all that information is on the page here. Excellent, including uh, where to get tickets and stuff like that. And so this will be up. Uh, we're talking on Tuesday. It'll it'll be up um, uh, tomorrow. Great. So hope hope uh, hope we do well. Congratulations on twenty years of this. Thank man. you so I mean, much. I don't know how you did it. Thank you so much. You know? Thanks for being interested in this <laughs> sure. altogether. All right. Fantastic time. And thank you, Alex Steiniger, one of the great publicists of all times. Of all time. (laughs) Love that guy. He's been awesome.